views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. For those of you that were listening, welcome back. It's so great to have you all tuning us in and turning us on. We've got another great hour of fabulous talk radio. I just love the people that I get to talk with. But before I jump into this, just a shout out to Mr. Benny. Hey, Mr. B. What up? Good job pushing all those buttons on that show. Thank you very much. There's quite a few extras this time around, but I'm uh, more than happy to do it for you. I know. Did a brilliant job, as usual. I love it. And, you know, this is what I want to thank to all of you out there um, for your uh, for your loyal support of the show and our hosts and co-hosts. And it's really an amazing world we live in. And I don't know. I mean, there are some days I wake up and, you know, I shared a little bit earlier today on another show. And I wake up and I get news from two friends of mine, you know, one of them that's... Uh, uh, that is just really struggling with something she found in her body. And then the bottom line is, how do you hold people in a place of wholeness? You know, how do you look at your life in a way that helps helps others come to a place of compassion and understanding? Um, and today's show is, is, is really kind of about that. You know, when we're thinking about our lives, are we thinking about that soft, gentle feather brush that occurs with opportunities in our lives, with with places where we can step forward and 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 just live an amazing life, or do some of us have to be hit by a two by four? So today's <laughs> show is going to take us on a journey, you know, looking at what is this idea, the making of a mystic. You know, what are we learning in today? What happens when life cried out? One Woman's Quest to Be Fully Alive with author Patty uh, Fivette joining me here today. And what I want to say about this is it's great to have Patty here because we're going to talk about life, memoirs, things that happen. You know, when life cried out, what do we do? How do we respond? What do we say or don't say? What does it even mean to be fully alive, to be adventurous, you know, to appreciate every breath we take? And some people think we have to go through life and experience the pain. But what is it that emerges in almost every story that you've heard over like 10,000 conversations we've had here on the show in this period? What is the resonating theme that comes through? Well, you're going to get to hear about her self-discovery her newfound spiritual connection, 
and how the stories of our lives now turn themselves around to help so many people create their own positive possibility stories. Patty, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I am so glad to be here. And I love the introduction. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about today. That thing that comes out that you lose over time, or some of us lost it from the beginning. And if I had to say, what is that one thing? Oh, I could call it divine spark. But I think I would call it realness. It is our own individual realness that we lose over time. And when life cried out, it's a journey of finding that realness that, that is me. Oh, I love it. I want to ask you this. You know, there's a sure. question that I started to ask. And if you listen to the beginning of the show, one of our theme questions is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? A question I love asking is, you know, here you and I are, you know, you're an author, you're a fabulous speaker. You know, we're, we're doing this show, having this conversation. And a lot of times people think life has been, you know, like a box of chocolates. And sometimes it is. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to bring you right here to this moment? Oh, my goodness. How long do you want the show to be? We got an hour. <laughs> yeah, and Benny, we can skip some breaks, too. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, when life began to cry out for me, when it cried out really, really, really strong for me, uh, I had wanted to end life. There was nothing left for me. My children were grown. They were had left home. So my role as a mother had changed to the point that I had two very uh, self-sufficient children, and, and they didn't need me on a daily basis, and they were out on their own. The marriage had fallen apart decade before. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I was a little bit afraid of my husband for reasons I won't go into. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what my purpose was. I had begun to have panic attacks that were pretty severe. I was agoraphobic, uh, which is the fear, of, basically the fear of being trapped. Mm-hmm. And I felt trapped in my own life. And But was this really my life? I knew how to be a daughter. I knew how to be a mother. I knew how to be a wife. But, but how do you know how to be yourself? Yeah. And that's where I was. That's where I started. I didn't know how to be myself. I didn't even know what myself was. Mm. I mean, some people are finding right now that that is a really, really scary place. When... When the rooms are empty and the doors are shut and we look around and then there's just us and we get to have a moment, an opportunity, what was it like for you to be in that place, you know, to have the realization, you know what, it's me and it's my one person show, my one woman show. It was the scariest thing in this world. It was absolutely the scariest thing in this world. I had always relied on my faith, but even my faith got churned around and turned inside out and reconfigured over those those eight years that that are in the book. But um, my faith had been more of a do it right and be rewarded, do it wrong and get punished, and that's not real. That's not love. It wasn't. Uh, it. 
I thought it was, but for me it wasn't. And so uh, even my faith began to get challenged at that point. And I was just scared to death. I was just scared to death. In fact, I thought I wanted to die, Dr. Pat. I even knew where the gun was. When One moonlight night was under the uh, front seat of my husband's pickup. And one night I went out to uh, make sure it was still there because he tended to hide it in different places. And it was went out and I thought it was about half of a moon there and and there was enough moonlight to see shadows and I went out and opened the pickup truck about three o'clock in the morning and the gun was there and I looked down the barrel and everything was just so dark it was just so dark and then more of a question to God like he was a best friend I said but where is my light Mm. Where is my light? I did not want where my light was. And I think that was my pivotal moment. It wasn't uh, three weeks later that I ended up having a one-cell melanoma on the on the center of my back, right opposite on the back side of my heart, on the skin outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, I don't need the gun. All I have to do is let the thing grow. And I realized at that moment that beautiful, blessed, one-cell melanoma, uh, stage one, I mean, melanoma, I realized that I did not want to die. I wanted to live. I wanted my life. Where was my life? And it cried out at me with that realization. Yeah. And, And, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. uh, And not long after that, on my knees in a thunderstorm one night, I said a one-sentence prayer that changed my life. It changed the dynamics of my life. And I, on my knees, while the, the chrysanthemums were getting pounded into muddy puddles outside in the yard, I was on my knees, and I said, Lord, with every cell in my body, I prayed, whatever is standing in the way of me being myself, may it fall from me. Mm. And to the listeners out there, if you ever do that, add with light and love and ease, because it's not going to be an easy journey. <laughs> no, I love what you just shared, because, you know, I, I mean, I think that when we do that and we request that and the strength of our conviction enables that to, uh, you know, occur through energy and light, we think we're going to wake up from that and say, oh, happy day oh, happy day. And maybe some people do, but what was the revelation to you? Um, at that moment? Mm-hmm. Anything was better than what I had. Yeah. And I was ready to surrender absolutely all of it in order to get help, in order to be better. I really was. I was ready to surrender everything I had. And does that mean I'm going to go out the next day and sell my possessions and and, uh, walk away from family? No, it's it's not. At that point, I didn't have to make any kind of decision except to say yes to what came to me intuitively. Oh, wow. What a powerful, powerful story. Um, For those folks out there, we're going to take a short break. You know, Patty Fiverr joining me here today. And when we come back, we're going to talk about when life cried out. You know, what is it about this extraordinary book, the stories in it? You know, the heartfelt opening that happens when you read this, when you read about the journey. You know, what is it 
that each and every one of us is longing for in life. And how did Patty discover that? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the show. to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basili is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. The doctor is in. Tune in to the hit show, The Psychic Love Doctor, with host Deborah Lee. Deborah's life affirming, highly perceptive reading method has taught Deborah how to zero in on specific problems with relationships, career pursuits, and current roadblocks to success and happiness. This inspiring show will help you never feel helpless in life or love ever again. Join Deborah Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at ronniedeleuzeonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness.
Wow, everybody, welcome back. That is actually still to this day one of my all-time favorite songs. You know, it is a song that really opened the eyes for a number of people when that song first came out, Christina Aguilera, of course. Uh, The song had won many, many, many awards for what it portrayed and what the message was. And, you know, now as we move forward, you know, we're getting to have conversations with people that are so willing to open up their hearts, open up their lives, and bring storytelling back. Um, You know, Patty, I shared in a previous show that we have some new information has now come out about listenership. Who are they? And almost for, oh, two decades, maybe even longer, uh, women listening to radio were not counted. and, And all of a sudden now, what's happening is, you know, this is a, an area that we have said are our primary listeners on this show and network pretty much. And they want to hear the stories, the stories that come from people such as yourself, where they can relate not just to the joy and the peace and the happiness and the perseverance, but to the struggles, you know, to when life cried out. That's what they're asking for. And I would love for you to talk about your life experiences, how you talk about them, and how they have shaped you to become the woman you are today. I started after the divorce, after the one-sentence prayer, everything in my life fell apart. (laughs) Uh, community, family fell apart so it could get reconfigured in a different way. Uh, I got divorced. It took quite a, almost two years to get divorced, a year and a half to get divorced. And uh, I needed, I knew I needed to get to a new place that would be a new start for me. I didn't need to live there particularly, but I had to be able to visit there. And uh, this is where the guidance began. I didn't know where because, like I said, I was agoraphobic, and anywhere I went was going to take an insurmountable effort that I didn't even know I had So uh, the strength to do. And so I was looking for a place where I could have at least a contact person if, if I... I ran out of my own steam, which I was uh, tended to do easily. And so I was on a message board for uh, intuitive people, and I threw it out there. Uh, anybody from a, a different country um, willing to help somebody for a couple of months. And, and I got two people that answered me, and they were both from Ghent, Belgium. And I thought, okay... Well, well, there you go. It wasn't a week. I had a ticket and went over there. And one of the people fell through, but the other one did not. In the book, I call him Peter. And he he was an anchor of sorts. And Mm -hmm. we we traveled together because as a single woman who had never traveled anywhere, uh, literally, uh, I began to travel in a lot of places, and so Peter became a traveling companion. And and I never decided after the Belgium thing, what well, even with the Belgium uh, event, I never decided. Hey, I think I'll go to Ireland, or hey, I think I'll go to Scotland, or or oh, it's going to be fun to crawl over the the rocks in Iona, or or um, see about feminine anger in Malta. I never made those conscious decisions. It was never any kind of initial thought or instigating thought on my part. Instead, it was, uh, Lord, 
I need to handle, I need to learn about aggressive men. I need to get over that. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm going to Egypt, which is just full of aggressive uh salesmen selling their trinkets outside mm-hmm. the the um temples in the middle Nile and, and it came like that and intuitive things I would hear about a place one two or three times Egypt I really wasn't crazy about going to but uh, I kept having a vision of Nefertiti and I didn't even know who she was she was a funny looking lady that didn't have any hair with with a funny hat on front and I, I thought maybe she was Egyptian but I had to do an internet search after the third time I saw her um to, to figure out who she was and then I saw her on the front of, of, of a magazine and I thought yeah I'm supposed to go to the middle Nile how am I how am I supposed to afford that I can't afford that and then one of the times I was in, in Belgium uh, a travel site had uh, gotten my email somehow and they sent me a um, email about a trip that was to leave the next week and it was all expenses including air pa- airfare from Amsterdam a five star deluxe boat crews down the middle Nile, etc. Everything, food, everything was included. Tour guide was included. Everything. And it cost me 800 American dollars. God, I mean, it was like spirit. Yeah. God, whatever, whatever, however you believe in it, is saying, honey, you've got no excuses. You've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that when that happens. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, when you ask for something and then it shows up, perhaps not in way. What I love about what you write about and what you're talking about is if we're not open to 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 seeing the creativity of spirit, you know, God, whatever you believe in, if we're not open to seeing that, we are going to miss the adventure. You know, this is so true. If we are not open, we are going to miss the adventure. Because I have learned that that God's spirit, the universe, has a whole lot more ideas about things than I do. And so when I say... Uh, for instance, if I said, if I did not have any transportation, I said, I need transportation. That's one thing. I might get the transportation in some, in some way I don't know about. If I said, I really need a bicycle to get myself around town. Really need this bicycle. Well, what if, what if God has a Ferrari out there waiting for you? You you cut yourself short. Right. (laughs) So I have. I have learned over the years to, to do a results-oriented wish, you know, and sit back and look for it and and uh, know it will come and know it will be uh, different than what you expect. It, it, I always found out it would be greater. Well, you know, it's interesting that you're talking about Nefertiti. Uh, and you're right about uh, you write about the, the images of her. Fascinating, interesting image, right? I mean, yes. Someone asked me, I forget who it was that asked me uh, a question about who I thought she looked like, and I said Audrey Hepburn. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's what came up in my mind. But her journey too, right? I mean, I know you got yes. to see some time about her journey. I think that she and Akhenaten were known for a spiritual revolution of sorts. They were. Was that a mistake in your journey? <laughs> 
uh, they weren't a, a spiritual revolution, and uh, they followed their their hearts with that, and it did not go well with the established uh, with the with the status quo, and 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 so things did not work out well for them. But I also, in my journey, had uh, challenges with the status quo in my family. I, I was not the kind. I was mid fifties, and at the time, and and I had never gone anywhere. I'm uh, highly sensitive. I'm an introvert. I didn't speak up particularly because unless I had something to say, you know, (laughs) and uh, when I I got divorced and then I started traveling, my family, birth family, when they scratched their heads a little bit about that, I was scratching my head too because this wasn't anything I had done before, but it was what I felt like I needed to do. And what was important, my big wish, remember my, my wish, my prayer on my knees in that thunderstorm was that whatever is standing in the way of being who I am and you know may things fall from me well that happened fairly quick it took about a year for that year and a half for that to happen but then okay where am I I felt like I was naked raw and vulnerable standing in a rainstorm (laughs) where am I and so as these little events or big events as these events and these different places began to happen uh, I began to integrate parts of myself that probably were already with me or maybe I can say eternal truths and uh, feminine truths, that's an even better way to describe it. I began to, to um, integrate them and I would pick up a different truth or knowledge or way of seeing the world each place I went. Mm. And uh, on a hillside in Ireland at behind a screen chapel, I understand the connection of God to everything. And it, it was really quite a mystical moment watching that sunrise, a sunset that night. And I felt part of everything. I hadn't ever felt part of anything, really. Right. And there all of a sudden I felt part of everything. And everything is, I mean... Everybody on this earth is different, but in some ways we're all part of something big and wonderful and glorious that's, that was loving. And so that was one of my first experiences, and it built on from then. There was feminine rage in Malta that I had to, uh, that was just, it paralyzed me literally. I could not get out of bed. It was, it was uh, such pain. And that was an interesting experience trying to get home from Malta when you really couldn't walk. And, um, but, you know, I, I got rid of my own feminine rage that way. And, of course, there was victimization left in us, which that was a profound experience. And then I had the two visits to the Nile. And, and you know what? All these experiences, there was, there was a little piece of myself that was integrated. I tend to be an empath. Well, I am an empath. Yeah. And I did not realize that not only could I walk into a room or be one-on-one with somebody and feel their emotions in my body or pain in my body I can also do that from the earth and I, or, or consciousness of, of an area and I did not know that about myself until wow. I started traveling but when I started traveling it became very very apparent to me and that is how God, Spirit taught me it used a gift that I had 
even though I didn't know about it, but I was open enough to recognize it after a while. And that's how I began to learn, oh, I feel feminine anger. Yeah, I have some anger inside me. Oh, my, we got to deal with that one, and I did have to deal with that one. But that's how I got from uh, point A to B, C, D, and E, you know, along the journey when my life cried out, as the name of the book is. Yeah. Um, and it it was all a process. And going back to what we said earlier, if I had not been open to this, I don't think I would have experienced it or been as aware of these different things in these different countries. And I'll, I'll go back to another thing that we had said or that you had said earlier. Mm-hmm. It comes when you ask for spiritual help. Yes. It comes to you in the way that you can understand it with the gifts that you have, whether you recognize them or not. In other words, it's tailor-made for you. Oh, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, there's so much. There's so much. I want to just tell everybody, you know, uh, if you're just tuning in to the show, I want to make sure you know the book that we're referring to, for those of you out there, When Life Cried Out, you know, my very special guest, you know, uh, joining me here today is the author of this book, also the author of Making of a Mystic, uh, Patty Fivette, joining me here today, Dr. Patty Fivette. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, which seems to be a conundrum today in the world and I'm not quite sure why but it really is taking on a whole new how do I want to say it landscape in the world of spirituality you know can intuition and faith coexist do they have a role are they partners or are they competitors for that energetic space of spirit I know Patty's got a few things to say about this and <laughs> stories to share. You know, what do we take? Intuition or logic? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We spend nearly a third of our life on the astral plane. Why not leverage it? Go deeper and learn more with Wen Brown and Wendy R. Wolf. Join us at the DeBuddha Playhouse and Cafe in Bellevue, August 11th from 6 to 7 p.m. for basic tools and 7 to 9 p.m. for astral body basics. For more information, email lynn at letterrletterutuit.com or visit the website at letterrletterutuit.com. Tune in to Prescience Life Radio with host Mia Simone. Mia is devoted to sharing her extensive knowledge on the invisible worlds of energy. Join Mia and discover the science of intuition and connect with your greatest gift. Start living in your potential today and every day by opening up to the power of inner knowledge. To learn more about Mia, visit presciencelife.com. Do you want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones? Travel the world? Live spontaneously? Get ready, because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Basile and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new, inspirational, and empowering show. Positive changes for life 
you'll love. Tune in every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit PositiveChangeInstitute.co for more information. Artie Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Artie has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. My dream is to end homelessness. My passion is living a green life. My dream is to end poverty. My passion is volunteering. My passion is making a difference. My dream is to cure Lyme disease. My passion is rebuilding communities. My passion is helping those in need. My passion is caring for the elderly. My dream is to find a cure for cancer. My dream is to leave a better world for my children. We all have that special passion, that lifelong dream that drives us to live our lives with meaning and to create a better world. No matter what drives you, we can all make an impact. Dr. Pat Basili is helping others make their dreams come true so we can all help make our world a better world. To learn more about how Dr. Pat is building a community of sharing hope, strength, funds, knowledge, and information, visit abetterworldcrowdfunding.com today. That's abetterworldcrowdfunding.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. For more information about us, The Dr. Pat Show, go to thedrpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. And if you want to go to transformationradio.fm, you're going to take a sneak peek at what's coming. Uh, if you've got comments and you want to share those with us, you can just pop us an email at info at thedrpatshow.com. If you want to find out about Patty uh, and if you want to get a copy of the book, um, it, it, when Life Cried Out, what we're talking about here, One Woman's Quest to Be Fully Alive, uh, with my very special guest. Patty, what's a be- what is the best website for folks to go to to find out more about you? Oh, pattyfavette.com. P A D D Y, and then favette is F I E V E T. And they'll find all kind of things about me and some things I have written, and I've got a blog on the website, and and they'll find about both books. Both books are available at Amazon, When Life Cried Out and Making of a Mystic, and they're both uh, ebooks as well as uh, hard copy. I love it. Um, I was talking to you during a break a little bit about one of my first or earliest that I can remember, uh, not the earliest that I remember, connection between faith and intuition, uh, and how my my mom, you know, my folks, my listeners heard me talk about my stepmom because my mom died when I was young, but how she became sort of this role model for me, especially when it comes to spirituality and also intuition. And so before the break... I was talking with you about this notion of intuition and faith, friend or foe. And I, and I know this is part of your journey and part of your story. Uh, and I wanted to talk with you about what you discovered on your journey about the relationship between the two of those. I think they're totally related, intuition and faith. I think there's mm-hmm. 
for me, they are very, very, very related. In my journey, they have been very related. Um, intuition has been described by others as being the voice of the soul. Mm. And even in uh, all all Christian circles, whether fundamentalist or uh, more liberal and and many other faiths, you hear about God's small, still voice inside, and yep. I think that may be even biblically-based biblical, biblical yep. uh, a term. But uh, And that still, small voice inside you is what I call intuition. And I think it's, I know, there's the same... Uh, uh, there's the same holiness, if you want to call it divinity, in, in faith and in intuition. I had a very intuitive grandmother whom I loved dearly, and she was full of faith. But she was also very intuitive, and she never connected the two. She always thought that intuition was the mark of the devil. Uh-huh. And I could not dis- I could not agree with that on any level. <laughs> Uh, I really couldn't. And I was asked one time, which is more important, intuition or intellect. I think they work together. Yes. Intuition often comes in signs and synchronicities, or it'll come in visions, or you'll see the same thing, or the same thing will happen over and over again. And you, uh, it happens to, to the point that you think, what does this mean? Well, your intellect has to come in there, and a heartfelt openness, and also faith is, is a big part of yeah. it. And to answer your question very, um, as an example, uh, while I was just beginning my journey, I was at a friend's house who was, she was trying to get her doctorate in energy medicine. Mm-hmm. And she had a course at her house, but she needed 11 people. I mean, needed 12 people, and she only had 11 sign up. And I was getting some energetic allergy treatments from her at the time, and she uh-huh. bribed, bribed me with some treatments to get me to go. And I, my intuition was opening up at that time, but I was not aware of what it all meant. It was confusing me, and I was trying to put it aside. And this friend of mine was a psychologist, and she realizes that, very intuitive lady, and she realized that and, and thought I needed to be there for my own benefit. Anyway, I was there with 11 of the most intuitive ladies I have ever seen in my life, and they acted like it was the voice of spirit calling out to them. And and each one of them understood intuition in a different way because they had different gifts. And I surprised myself by being able to do the exercises in during that weekend. And the last exercise, I'm getting to the point of intuition and faith, Mm -hmm. and the last exercise of the day, we were to write a question at the top of our page and go into a private room uh, in in Dr. Maria's house and um, then open up intuitively in an altered state or as altered state as we could get, like we had been taught, and listen for, for God's whispers or however our intuition would come. And it was a matter of faith that it would come. And so I went into the corner and I wrote my question at the top of the page, and my question was, was heartfelt, something I had wondered about for years. And it was, why do I never feel good enough? If, if you had one thing that had plagued me in my childhood, that was it. Yeah. And I wrote it at the top of my page. My faith allowed me to put myself aside and go into a neutral state. 
if you want to call it altered state, it right. would be my guess, but it put myself in a neutral place. And I still had my pen and paper in my hands. And the next thing I knew, my hand was writing at the top of the page. It was writing at the bottom of the page. It was writing in the middle of the page. And then it began to fill in. I was like a witness. I did not know what was happening. In fact, some of the time my eyes were closed because I was I was in, in neutral. But my faith allowed the intuition to happen. It's called that thing. That type of of writing is called automatic writing. It's it's totally different from channeling, but it's called automatic writing. And uh, when I read it, I read it for the first time, and my faith allowed it to happen. My intuition was the process by which it happened. I love this because you know so often we think, and and it's it's really interesting what's happening in our day and age in terms of each person's individual spiritual journey. Um, And many people look at intuition, as you just talked about, not being, you know, that of goodness, that being something of evil. And yet, over time, you know, whether you're reading scripture, whether you're reading other other biblical writings or other non-biblical, but, you know, spiritual and religious writings, there's always somebody in the gang that's got an insight uh, that other people don't have. And that insight is usually portrayed in a very powerful way of goodness and love. And where do you think, you know, we kind of got, got off track to want to shut that part of us down when we know that a lot of times we're being asked to tap into that part of ourselves, that inner part of ourselves, you know, that spiritual opening, heart opening part of ourselves. And, you know, that's really the question, you know, where, where has it gone in the eyes of some people? And why are we afraid of our intuition today, Patty? Do you know, I think it's got something to do with the, uh, I want to call it a business model with an analytical process that okay. that has gotten out of control. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. Now that's not what I'm saying. Right. It's just that we have uh, we've overdeveloped the intellect and in doing that we've missed out on the intuitive aspect. It takes the intellect and the intuitive aspect working together to get through this world in an optimal state and when you use one without the other I think you have sidestepped a huge process a very powerful process there's nothing wrong with the intellect there's nothing wrong with just intuition but using them together is is very powerful but the 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 world over the last at least 200 years and with the invention of the machinery and now the computer and it, it's and and uh, i mean we've sent people to the moon these these are in, in intellect things and uh uh the rational mind is is lovely uh i'm glad i have one <laughs> and um i wish it were a little stronger sometimes but but uh it you, it takes both of them don't you think dr pat i really I do, think it takes both of them i absolutely do i absolutely do i mean you know what i like to point to for myself is i like to point to how many times in my life i've been called lucky I've been called the luckiest person on the planet. I mean, growing up, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You got that promotion. You got this. Oh my, so you're so lucky. You go to the racetrack and you win. 
Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, how do you know, how did Pat know what schools to apply for? And I think that, you know, today in the world that I live in, I, it used to be 90-10, meaning 90 was my left brain and, you know, maybe a little bit of my heart. And I've certainly really changed over time. But I think faith has been the doorway for into intuitive expression for me. Now, what do I even mean by that? Um, believing in that which you cannot see and letting go of how you think it's going to show up. And you talked about this earlier. Um, I don't know what, you know, we talked a little bit about that today, but I think that being set some challenges in front of us we could not get out of those challenges with our our mental, cognitive, logical mind. Maybe you have, but it has never helped help me out of a, t- a tight corner. Not illness, not money money problems, not job loss, not my mother dying. None of that. The healing power of that can't, could come from solely my mind. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about that. Because the mind does play a part in all of this. Which part does it play for you, Patty? It helps me discern. Mm. Uh, I I like the word discern. There's a lot out there. And some of it will be optimal for me and some of it will be non-optimal for me. And um, uh, faith helps me discern. Um, I can tell by, I have learned to tell by the way my body reacts where something is is, uh, happy and effervescent feeling or whether it just thuds like like have as, as having um shackles on as Martha Beck the life coach says is shackles on or off you know uh I had for instance I had it in my mind not too long ago I just had a thought and I know now it came from insecurity but um I thought at the time that I need to go to um school again mm-hmm I wasn't quite sure what I wanted, but I had an idea. And over the next three days, I'm looking on the Internet to find schools that had that particular subject around me. And slowly, my body got sluggish. Oh. You know, I felt like, like the, the, oh, I have time to go open the Internet and, and look at the schools again, you know. And by the time I finished that third day of looking at schools and reading, I thought, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, so... I know. So I know. you have to you have to let the intuition guide you along. Uh, the intellect won't get you... Where you it wouldn't have gotten me where I needed to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A life is an experiential process, and and the in, the uh, intuition helps with that experiential process. It's it helps you know where to, where to go and what not to go, and what to do and what not to do. And and your intuition will tell you. Your body will tell you. To me, they're one and the same. It's just just a method of of receiving. And um, so that that's how I feel. Uh, if I had just relied on intellect, I would have gotten nowhere. It just I wouldn't have happened. It. 
I love this because, you know, I, I too, I mean, I, I watch some of the things I do and you shared something really important and I want to thank you for today um, and joining me here on the show. I know this hour has gotten so quickly um, and thank you for writing this book uh, because there's something that, you know, I'd love for you to talk about in the few minutes we have left mm-hmm. and, and that is the idea of reaching for an extraordinary life. Um, I know that many of us go through life and we go through life and say, you know, I'm just grateful I got my this or I got my that. And I heard someone say the other day, Patty, I heard someone say the other day, you know, what is the point of having a dream when the reality is I'm probably not going to see it come true. And I just thought to myself, holy cow. Yep, you're probably right with that one. And, yeah. and yeah. I'm an optimist. And I bet you, you're, we're both introverts, you and me. We're both introverts. And yet we're both optimists. Isn't that interesting? It's so yes. much. Yeah. And I want to ask you about this because dreaming big has taken a bad rap. But I know that I am taking the limits off of the God of my understanding. I am taking the <laughs> limits off of that God. Now, some people think I'm crazy. What do you think? I think you're 100% on target. I How agree with you. How have you done that? So let's talk about this because everything I've read that you've written, yeah. where yeah. you are in your life, the things you've done, boy, there is nobody putting a box around you. I have played small in my life, and all it did was I started out in a fairly small box mm-hmm. and didn't even live in to the outer limits of that box, and I wound up in a metaphorical box, and I wound up in a smaller box and a smaller box and a smaller box until finally my life was like trying to balance myself on the head of a pen. It did not work. I have lived small before, so when I got on my knees in that thunderstorm, what I was saying was, I'm ready to live big. If I have talents, I want to use them. If I have gifts, I want to use them. I want to be able to look at the moon and feel connected to the feminine aspect of life. I want to be able to look at the stars and know that there's life beyond me and love it without even knowing what it is. I want to be able to look at a butterfly and feel the change. You know, a butterfly goes from the cocoon. When it gets in the cocoon, it has a complete meltdown. And I thought it just grew arms and legs and wings and stuff like a tadpole does when it changes to a frog. No, it has a complete meltdown. It goes into a liquid substance. So I uh, wanted to be able to do like a butterfly and struggle to get out of my, my cocoon and and then fly. I wanted to soar. I wanted to be the eagle. Uh, did I want to do that out of ego? No, I did not. It wasn't ego that wanted me to do that. It was faith. It was knowing that I was put here on this earth for some reason, however small. I wanted to know what that reason was. And so when I do my visualizations or when I did my my intentions or state an intention to live big, I never gave it a specific um, formula. I just said, guide me in the way that helps me step by step to grow into my fullest potential. Wow. And it came. The faith was, it came. 
step by step. I didn't go from A to Z. I don't know that that would have been possible to me. Maybe for some people it is. But for me, it was a step-by-step process. Ah, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Gradually, even the agoraphobia went away, but I'm really not crazy about being in buses, but I can be in one. (laughs) But, but, um, uh, it, you know, different things that were bothering me in my life um, reconfigured themselves. And uh, each one of us are a, what I call a point of light. Uh, I uh, ask in dreams sometimes. I ask, uh, show me this by way of a dream. I don't understand this. Explain this to me. And one night I had said, um, uh tell me about my my little way because I didn't feel at the time like I would ever be well known or or I was feeling small and I wanted to to feel myself again feel as me as me again however that fit into this world and the next thing I knew I woke up that morning and in my handwriting on the tablet by the bed that I keep there was the words morphic resonance fields and I thought, what is that? A morphic resonance field is a hundred monkey theory. You know, it's, you get you get a hundred monkeys that learn to wash their their food in the stream before they eat it, and eventually the monkeys on the next island are going to be doing the same thing that, because it just kind of catches on in the world. And it takes those hundred monkeys. It takes, you know, there's, there's a point where um, one person makes a change and uh, does something positive, you know, for the, for the world, and then somebody else says, oh, neat, I think I'll do that that too and then you get a hundred people and then you have really set up a dynamic that tends to catch on and so we don't have to be the the grand and glorious uh, grand guru you know out there we just have to live to our own individual unique fullest potential that's all we have to do i love it patty thank you so much for today and boy Please, I would love to have you come back. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you've shared so openly, heartfeltly, and so lovingly. Aren't you sweet? Uh, Thank you. Oh, about the journey. And, 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 and if you would, let's give out your website again, please. Okay. It's Patty Favette, P-A-D-D-Y-F-I-E-V-E-T. And on that website, I've got a page. I think I call it the Divine Intuition Booklet. But anyway, there's a little 28-page booklet I can send to the listeners if they're interested. I can send them to it uh, through email. If you go to the email site on uh, the Contact Patty page on the on the um, our website and ask for that booklet and I'll I'll send it to you. Send me your email address and I'll send it to you at no charge. It will help you if you're not familiar with intuition. It will help you learn what your own intuitive gifts are. I love this. Patty Favette, everybody. When life cried out, one woman's quest to be fully alive. It is so great to have you here. Thank you for all you do. I, I have one last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? You are love. You are love. Love is not inside you. It's not something you seek for. It's not found in another person. It's not found in what somebody says to you. It's inside you. Love is an inside job, and you are love just as you are. Wow. What a powerful show. I want to thank everyone for tuning us in, turning us on, and you will enjoy reading this book. It will open your heart. It will clear your mind, and it will invite you to an amazing life. Stay tuned, everyone. Well, rather, we'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show, or stay tuned for TransformationTalkRadio.com.